All right, everybody, now's the time. Brown right, motion, tailback slant. Let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for fucking dinner, all right? On one, ready? Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. In this episode, we're going to cover our regular weekly picks for all Week 10 games across the NFL, get to Andy's total prop tease, and also your news of the week. But first, of course, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator. Attridge, how you doing, buddy? I am doing very well, and I would like to wish you a very happy belated birthday by one day. Hey, thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Uh, so our listeners know Matty turned 41 yesterday. And well, uncoincidentally, uh, his Chicago Bears scored exactly 41 points in homage to the biggest super fan that the Bears have. Yeah, I know. That- it was I was I was almost embarrassed. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we, we can get to that game a little bit later. But again, happy birthday. And uh, yeah, he Bears, he Bears won your game. Yeah, that was a nice game. I, I really, once I heard that Mac was getting scratched just before game time, because uh, he was a game time decision last week, and I was like, oh, now that 10.5 points I felt was in jeopardy. But man, did they ever show up? Not just the defense, but the special teams. I don't even think Mitch Trubisky had to break 200 yards of passing offense, and they still put up that many points, which is pretty sweet. Well, I, th- I think uh, Nagy should write a book called. Uh, how to score 41 points with getting less than 200 yards on offense. And the answer to that question is that you play the Buffalo Bills every single week of the season. Yeah, that'd be sweet, man. I could see an NFC championship coming then. <laughs> man, those guys suck. Yeah, it's tough. What I really feel bad for is all of their defensive players, though. I actually feel that Buffalo's defense comes to play every week. They do. They really do fucking haul ass. And Bill's Mafia, I know I've made fun of you in the past, but that's something to be proud of because those guys are badass defenders. Unfortunately, when the offense is constantly giving them shitty field position and they're on the field for so much of the game because of the amount of three and outs and turnovers, you can only do so much. That's the, you know little Dutch boy with his finger in the dike right there. Well, I felt bad for Sean McDermott. I actually listened to the entire press conference after the game, and he was getting asked some pretty difficult questions like, you know, is it that your wide receivers aren't talented or is it your lack of running game isn't going to give them enough separation to actually have a decent passing game? And they were, of course, questioning the offensive line, whether they're even there. And then and then McDermott's asked the question, is Nate Peterman an NFL caliber quarterback to which he had to say yes um but you know he's given the standard answers well we need to get back to basics and do the fundamentals properly and uh, i wouldn't want to be on that hot seat man one out of every three nate peterman picks goes the other way for six oh that's, we're gonna that's we're, astounding man we're gonna go we're gonna talk about that later too <laughs> all right well then i guess we should just get to news of the week shall we i think we should Alec Baldwin arrested in alleged parking dispute punch. Alec Baldwin has been arrested for allegedly punching someone during a dispute over a New York City parking spot. Police say the actor was taken in custody just before 2 p.m. last Friday in Manhattan's West Village neighborhood. You know, that's odd. 
Alec Baldwin's never shown any signs of having a temper before. I am going to get on a plane, and I'm going to come out there for the day, and I'm going to straighten your ass out when I see you. Do you understand me? I'm going to really make sure you get it. Then I'm going to get on a plane, and I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to come home. So you better be ready Friday, the 20th, to meet with me. So I'm going to let you know just how I feel about what a rude little pig you really are. You are a rude... A mysterious cigar-shaped object spotted tumbling through our solar system last year may have been an alien spacecraft sent to investigate Earth. Astronomers from Harvard University have suggested a new paper by researchers at the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics raises the possibility that the elongated dark red object, which is 10 times as long as it is wide and traveling at speeds of 196,000 miles an hour, may have an artificial origin. The object may be a fully operational probe sent intentionally to Earth's vicinity by an alien civilization, the paper wrote, which had been submitted to the astrophysical journal letters. You know, this, it's probably legit. If anyone was going to know about deep probes, it would be somebody from Harvard. Right here, you see, he gets penetration right there. Appearing on New York's W Fan, former offensive lineman Dave Deal said the Raider coaches used to give Jamarcus Russell blank tapes to determine if he was studying film. Deal noted Russell would come into the Raiders' facility the day after receiving the tape, saying that he watched the Blitz packages. Yeah, but with all that zerp he was drinking at the time, I don't think he would have known the difference between a blank tape and a tape that actually had football on it. You know, he also gained so much weight, I began to think he was on the Eddie Lacy meal plan. I'm Wilfred Brimley, and I'd like to talk to you for a few minutes about diabetes. Actually, about I, uh, diabetes and, uh, you know, uh, diabetes. But yeah, biggest draft bust ever. Even worse than this guy. Let's fire it up. It's time for our weekly picks. We're starting off this Sunday in the Natty, where they are five and a half point underdogs to the uh, New Orleans Saints, who seem to be number one in the NFC power rankings overtaking the LA Rams for the first week. What do you think of that, Andy? Uh, deservedly so. They're playing a lot better on defense than the way they started the season. Their offense is firing on all cylinders. Drew Brees looks like he's going to have the best year of his career statistically. Uh, hopefully they can t take another shot at the Super Bowl. I'd love to see them win again. He's uh, got another I'll outlet now as well. De Des Bryant you know, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't understand that. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what? Even if he's a decoy, though, think a about decoy. The, um, well, no, I'm just saying, just the fact that his mere presence is on the field. He's a yeah, playmaker. But, you got to cover him. And if you take too much to cover Bryant, you're not covering other guys. I yeah, but I don't the, know if he's going to make an impact this week, but he's going to make an impact. Yeah, the last thing that that team needs in the locker room is. Des Bryant. I mean, you're firing on all cylinders to begin with. You don't need to tinker with anything. 
Um, I don't know. Maybe Michael Thomas, when he pulled out that flip phone, maybe he was uh, maybe he was calling Des and say, "Hey, you want to be part of this thing?" Uh, all I know is I, Des Bryant may have made some waves in Dallas, but I think that a, a veteran head coach like Sean Payton, with a like super respected quarterback in Drew Brees, do you really think Des is going to go off on Drew Brees in a post game press conference? I suppose he wouldn't do that, right? That ain't Dak. You know, Dak Prescott was just a rookie. Des Bryant could say whatever he wanted about him, but you can't yep. like you. There aren't. There isn't anything anybody in the NFL can say bad about Drew Brees, and True he's going to get his targets because if any, if you can't catch, let's put it this way, we'll find out what Des Bryant is all about with the Saints because if you can't catch passes from Drew Brees, who's one of the best ever to do it, you can't catch passes. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, this line has ticked up from four and a half to plus five and a half um, in favor of the Saints. Now, let's just take a look at their last few games. So they played the Rams last week, the Vikings the week before, and the Ravens before that. And now they're going um, next week on the road to play the Super Bowl reigning Eagles. I don't want to call it a sandwich game, but I do want to call it a bad spot for the Saints. Uh, you know, it's an almost wise guys sandwich, sandwich game. game. This is just a regular sandwich game. Uh, it's not a deluxe with like it's not mayo a deluxe sandwich and like game. melted cheese and shit. Well, you've got, uh, you know, it's a non-conference game. And now you got Cincinnati coming off a of bye week. I know they're without AJ Green and there's a few guys, including Burfecht, who are banged up on defense. But I think this is a good home spot, catching five and a half points. Um, if the Rams are going to falter at all in the next few weeks, I think this is going to be the place to do it. So I'm taking the points at home. Now, I'm assuming when you said the Rams, you meant the Saints. But uh, Yes, I, sorry. No, that's quite all right. I'm just going to make sure we weren't talking about the Rams because they have implications together as well. But I don't know, man. New Orleans, I... <sighs> The defense, their defense it's, gives me pause, and the way that Andy Dalton plays at home, you know, five and a half point is is a tantalizing. Uh, that's a tantalizing line. It's a de it's a dead number. Okay, fair enough. But I mean, honestly, I, I wouldn't bet this game with your money. <laughs> this yeah. is a stay away. But I'm just saying, if you, if you're in an office pool and you have to pick it, everyone's going to be taking the Saints. Uh, I'm going to go. I would go against the public on that. But I subscribe to the law of contrary public opinion. If everyone thinks one thing, then I say bet the other way. All right, we go to the red-hot mess that is the Cleveland Browns. It's so bad in Cleveland that the Cuyahoga River is about to start on fire. And uh, they're four-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Atlanta Falcons, who aren't all that shit-hot uh, this year as well. But you got to think, Atlanta going into Cleveland, with the way Cleveland's a mess, Atlanta's got to be able to get it done, right? Well, not necessarily. <laughs> they are riding a three-game winning streak. They're getting a lot healthier on defense, especially in their secondary. Uh, Julio Jones is getting the ball more. They found, hey, they found any that guy again. that can catch a touchdown in in one of every eleven games. That guy's on fire. 
<laughs> just kidding aside, this guy's actually racking up a, a lot of yardage this this year. Just found the end zone for the first time last week, so good for him. They have a lot of weapons. They got you know they got Sadu. They've um, and their their tight ends are playing well. The question what, about Atlanta is always defense. Yeah, exactly. But what the fuck is Cleveland on offense? <laughs> well, you got Duke Johnson now. He's he's. He's starting to produce. Uh, Chubb's producing in the backfield. Baker Mayfield, you know, they're going to let him play around a little bit. Last week was, uh, you know, the first first time that we've seen Greg with three Gs um, on the sidelines, holding the, holding the clipboard, running the team. So now you give him an extra week. Greg Williams, he'll def- he'll he'll design some good defensive schemes uh, to go against. They call him Matty Ice, not because. He plays well in the cold. And guess what? This game's going down to about 35 degrees Fahrenheit uh, at game time. So weather factors in. I just, you know, more than, okay. Andy loves his home dogs. I love my home dogs. (laughs) I'll I'll make you this promise. I am going to take the Browns in this one. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to start a support group for other people like myself who continually take the Browns every week, thinking that they're going to get some sharp dog action. It never comes to fruition, but I'm, I'm, I will start the 12-step program next week. But for now, I'm going to take the home dog. Onto the Windy City where my Chicago Bears face their division rival Detroit Lions. Chicago seven-point favorites this game. And, uh, you know, Stafford, a notoriously bad road quarterback, and uh, the Bears' D and special teams are putting up points, you know. And if the Lions couldn't get it done against the Vikings' D last weekend, it isn't going to get any uh, easier this weekend with the Bears' D and a healthy Khalil Mack. What do you think about that, Andy? I'm not sure he's a questionable. He's he's going to be a game time decision again this week, so I, I don't want to say for sure the match is going to be in there. But yes, I'm sending positive vibes. I'm not talking as if it is right. Not a foregone conclusion. Now, ironically, these two teams play uh, eleven days later again on Thanksgiving. So what does that mean? Not a lot. I, I don't think that's going to factor into any of the play calling. But uh, you know. <laughs> I still like Detroit's newfound running game with Carryon Johnson and Matt Stafford. Still Matt Stafford. I I know these guys are on the road. Yeah, their O line is still their O line too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you know, Mitchell did nothing to impress me, uh, despite their forty-one points last week. And he's had quite a few games like that, with the exception of the one-six touchdown game. Yeah, but he doesn't told- need to put up huge huge numbers, really. If he minim- if he keeps playing efficiently and keeps turnovers to a minimum that get that I think with their defense that puts them in the hunt every weekend and Stafford is so turnover prone away from home yeah but I could see I can easily see a backdoor cover here on this one um, yeah Detroit gonna- fans know all about the backdoor but they're not going to cover 
<laughs> well, this one started at six and a half, and at six and a half, I liked the Bears, but not at seven. I'm sorry. I'm For a divisional game, that's too big a spread. I'm going with the Lions. On to Arrowhead Stadium, where we see a massive point spread in Kansas City's favor. Arizona comes to town. Casey laying 17 points, which I think is bonkers for a pro game. Is Arrowhead really that big of a home field advantage, bud? Uh, that number, just to clarify, ticked down today to 16 and a half. Um, so which is still uh, pretty big. It's still pretty big. You still need three scores to cover. Um, everyone and their uncle knows what Casey looks like and what they're about. And just so our fans know that we look at every game from a multitude of angles, I'm going to make an argument here for Arizona, Okay. In the last six games, they're 4-1-1 and against the spread. David Johnson is a good running back. The Arizona Cardinals are the longest-running continuous franchise in the NFL dating back to 1898. So they've got experience on their side. So I got that going for me, which is nice. Arizona is the only state besides Hawaii that does not observe daylight savings time. Lastly, the first barrel of tequila, which was produced in the United States was in Arizona on June 6, 1936. Now, that's because of how much you have to drink being an Arizona Cardinals fan. That's that's true. So, all kidding aside, um, if you think that I'm not going to take a 17-point underdog in the National Football League with professional players, then you're listening to the wrong fucking podcast. I'm sorry. 17 points is too much. If you want someone to talk you into taking the Chiefs, call your Uncle Bob, who's a football aficionado because he plays in a friendly fantasy league and he once saw Joe Namath play back in the 70s. The name of this podcast is Almost Wise Guys. It's not Almost Square Betters. It's not Almost Public Betters. This is Almost Wise Guys. And for that reason, we're taking the underdog on this. To Tennessee, coming off a surprising victory last weekend. They're six-and-a-half-point dogs, though, to the uh, AFC. Well, seeming to be maybe with the KC Chiefs, New England might be one of the other favorites uh, to come out of the AFC for the playoffs this year. When aren't they, uh, though? Yeah, when aren't they? I I agree. But once every year, they lull us into this, like the first two games of the season, it's kind of like they just suck. And I don't yep. know if they're just throwing it for rich oil men so that Belichick and Brady can make even more money. But because as soon as two games are done, New England all of a sudden remembers they're the New England Patriots and uh, start tearing it up again. So Tennessee's six and a half point underdogs at home. I know you love home dogs, but really Tennessee can't score that well. And New England, they're just on point now. Seven points should be something they can cover. Well, yeah, it, and it, and this is under a touchdown at six and a half. So you, Bill Belichick versus his, one of his former players and Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. Yeah, as you mentioned, Tennessee has a very difficult time putting points on the board. Now, they have a an above average defense. They've got a really good defense, I would say. Um, New England's faltered a little bit on the road, but like you saw last game against 
you know, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. It looked like Rodgers was hanging right in there, going to cover that spread. And then all of a sudden you look up and, oh, they're up by two touchdowns. Yep. And that's what the New England Patriots do, man. They don't take their foot off the gas. And I don't see them taking their foot off the gas here. Uh, I don't like taking the Patriots on the road, especially in that many points. But I, I, I see them covering this one at least by a touchdown for sure. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at home and are three-point favorites against the professional football team from Washington. And, you know, Washington did get a reality check last week as they uh, were on a little bit of a winning streak. You think they bounce back or are the Bucs going to uh, earn their home field favorite status here? Yeah, I wasn't terribly impressed with Washington last week. Uh, we had picked them as two-point favorites at home against the Falcons. And the Falcons, with all the problems that they have in their defensive secondary, I thought that Alex Smith could take advantage of that in a big way. And he didn't at all. Not at all. It was brutal. It was painful to watch. And now they've got an absolutely decimated mash unit of an offensive line. And Tampa Bay's got Fitz magic, right? And now Fitzmagic is at home. And the other thing, too, is Tampa Bay, yeah, of course, glaring, glaringly a bad defense, but they're they're a bad defense just like Atlanta was. Yep. So Washington's Washington's offense is going to see two similar type of teams two weeks in a row, and they couldn't get it done against the Falcons, and I don't think they're going to get it done here against Washington. Or I don't think that uh, Washington's going to get it done here against Tampa Bay. Now, even if Fitzmagic has a turnover or two, he always makes up for it by throwing like at least three touchdowns. And exactly. I don't know if and Washington can keep pace with that kind of scoring. You are absolutely correct. I mean, if if Tampa Bay gets behind by three touchdowns, no biggie. They can come back. But that's that's not the same if, if it's almost you know, like they'd prefer it that way. <laughs> I think they do. I think they do. That's but how it, they get as long as it stays under a field goal, I think this is a safe bet, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going bucks. But I'm taking a greyhound on the Hudson River line. I'm in a New York state of mind. The New York Jets, six and a half point favorites at home, a line that's actually ticked down from seven and a half points just recently. And that's uh, against the Buffalo Bills. This is an interesting spot uh, for the Bills as it's a possible cover with uh, the Jets being uh, minus one rookie quarterback. Yeah, well, Josh McCown, is, uh, he's been there before. He's a great backup quarterback. They're lucky to have him. you got to remember, Darnold threw four interceptions last game. Uh, pathetic, pathetic showing against Miami. Yeah, really a step back. Now, I can't underscore this enough, Maddie. Buffalo, this is the worst team I think I've ever seen in my life in terms of offensive production. Um, they're on pace to beat the 1992 Seattle Seahawks, um, who right now uh, have the record for the fewest points ever scored in a season. And so in the last seven games, Buffalo has been averaging between seven and eight points per game. I think it's 7.2. 
in the last five games, they have allowed more points on offense than they've scored on offense. Now, let me say that again. Because of the, the pick sixes that you mentioned earlier and because of fumble recoveries, their def- the defenses that they have gone against have scored three more points than their own offense has. That's, it's just horrible. That's shameful. At the professional level, that, there's no excuse. And the Jets are at home. This this spread started at seven and a half, which I, you know, I don't know if you can put up a number high enough for me to take the Bills. And then it ticked down under a touchdown. So I'm not sure um, if that's sharp money coming in on Buffalo, but I can't see that happening. If the sharp money's coming in on Buffalo, it's because of Buffalo's defense. Well, even I mean, like, because like, what I guess what people might be looking at it is, you know, Sam Darnold threw four picks. Uh, they haven't been doing much on offense all year long how many points can they like this might be one of those classic afc you know 12 to 9 games um i think i think the jets are are good for a few more than that many yards but um if you look at the well, not yards i meant points oh points yeah of course um we talk about how uh shady mccoy is one of the better running backs in the league he carried the ball 10 times last week for exactly 10 yards. That's brutal. Yeah. And that, that's more of a comment of their offensive line. They just can't, they can't pass block or they can't run block. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm absolutely going with the, uh, with the Jets here. In fact, I did take them in my suicide pool, which I'm lucky to still be alive in. If he does, he does. This is Johnny United for the Baltimore Colts. Let's go, you Colts. On to Indianapolis, where the Colts are uh, three-point favorites against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, three-point favorite. I know Indianapolis is at home, but this seems like a pretty small spread uh, against, uh, against the Jags. Uh, that's mm, no. I, th- I think that, that the, the the line didn't really bother me. Um, Indianapolis has been playing really well as of late. Their offensive line, I think, is one of the better ones in the league. But let's consider the fact that the last three wins have come against the Jets, the Bills, and the Raiders. Yeah, that's um, not, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, right? And and so Jacksonville, they're you know they're coming off their bye week after playing in England. Uh, we. We heard about four other boys getting in a little bit of trouble with a bar tab. One of them, A.J. Bouye, just called the coach and said, I'm not playing this week for no reason at all. So there's some stuff still going on in their locker room, but there isn't a team that needs a, a win more than the Jacksonville Jaguars do this week. And you got Leonard Fournette healthy back in the lineup. As long as Bortles, you know, <laughs> doesn't crap the bad, totally. And... I think he might have a fairly decent day against that Colts secondary. Uh, they've given up some big plays. And I just think that it, it's, it's do or die time for the Jags. And I think they come out explosively here. They're, they're going to they're gonna run the clock. They're going to pound the ball. They'll give their defense an opportunity to, to make some big plays. And as much as a better quarterback, Andrew Luck, is than Blake Bortles, um, I'm basing this more on uh, defensive play than anything else. So... I am going with your Jacksonville Jaguars. 
The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face to Northern California, where we've got a, uh, a divisional matchup with the Oakland Raiders, ten-point underdogs at home against the LA Chargers. You love your home dogs. Do you love them to the tune of ten points in Oakland this weekend? I'll talk about that in a second. Um, what, one person we should acknowledge is Caleb Sturgis. Um, last week, he had set a record since the merger. Um, first kicker to miss an extra point and a field goal three games in a row. Now, unfortunately, he got fired this week, and so they've got a new guy in there. So uh, 10 points, you know, that 10 points quickly looks like nine when you're talking about the Chargers. But the answer to your original question, I do like the Raiders w- with the points at home. And again, that, that's that's a team that looks like they've given up. But there are still guys fighting for a roster spot next year. Young guys. And, you know, at some point, Derek Carr has got to justify that huge salary that they gave him. The problem with doing that is that it, it makes him almost untradeable. So he's going to be stuck there, I think, for a while. And he came out this week and said, oh, no, 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 I want to be here. I want This is definitely the place for me. It's just too many points at home, and that's all there is to it. Um, I I don't know. What do you think about the Chargers getting catching that many or getting uh, giving up that many on the road? Oakland has just looked like they've given up on Chucky. I mean, uh, Gruden looks completely disconnected from his team. His sideline, like his body language. Like, he's not a happy coach right now. He doesn't like his team. His team doesn't like him. And the Chargers, on the other hand, the offense is cooking. I mean, their defense is no slouch either. Ten points. Uh, I honestly don't think that Oakland can stop them. I think well, that they- the, I, I, like, if I, first of all, I'm not betting this game. But second of all, if you're going to force me to pick, I'm going to take the Chargers. I don't care if Oakland's given up 10 points well the, the chargers have won 20 of the last 25 games straight up and they're covering machines man they cover a lot they're they're covering again i just it's too many points oakland needs a win i mean they don't need a win but gruden wants one to save face that's it and i think he's gonna get these guys motivated somehow some way i'm not sure what he's gonna be bribing them with maybe some candy at the end of the game but uh, yeah, as I say, too many points at home, so I'm going to take the underdogs. Chucky. Fucking Chucky. Chucky. <gasps> Fucking Chucky. I love LA. Let's stay in California and another 10 point spread. Although this time the home team is 10 point favorites. I'm talking about the LA Rams. Laying 10 points at home against the visiting Seattle Shithawks. And uh, the Rams coming off, uh, you know, they've actually they've, they've been proved mortal now. They bounce back here and cover by more than 10 points. Well, yeah, the Corks were popping in Miami last week uh, with the 72 Dolphins having their perfect season still intact without anyone else occupying the same space. So good for them. Now, we talked about the New Orleans game being a, a like a regular sandwich game. This is like a triple-decker, super-duper, like 
three-layer BLT slash hoagie sandwich here with the Rams. Sandwich games. So obviously they played the Saints last week. They played the Packers the week before, and they have the Chiefs on deck uh, playing in Mexico next Monday night. Now, I realize this is a division game, but Seattle plays the Rams very closely. They had a game this year already in which, yes, it was in Seattle, but the final score was 33-31, to 31, and Russell Wilson plays really well against these guys. In fact, this is the biggest spread. This is the biggest underdog that Russell Wilson has ever been. And for those reasons, I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, dude, I, I, I'm with you. I, the Rams lately, uh, even when they've been winning games, haven't been winning them by 10 points or more. Uh, they did that earlier in the season, but lately some teams have seemed to be able to figure out their defense. The Rams are still putting points on the board, but they're allowing more points than they did at the beginning of the year. Uh, Seattle isn't a team that really lacks a lot of offense. I mean, uh, well, Russell Wilson, I guess, mainly wills it most himself. But 10 points, I can definitely see Seattle covering here. Yeah, and uh one thing to point out, Seattle's the only team in the league right now that rushes the ball more than they pass it, which shouldn't be a surprise considering Marty Schottenheimer's their offensive coordinator. Uh, the Rams, as you say, their defense has faltered since the beginning of the season, and if you remove Aaron Donald, they, they're kind of a mediocre defense. And, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I like this one to be a lot closer. All the cheeseheads yell in the Green Bay hell, drink a piss, they're choking it down. And Big Mike McCarthy is looking kind of barfy because he's choking on a big fourth down. Well, the Minnesota Vikings been known to lose a game or two. Chicago's got the Bears, but Lord, who cares? And the fans are always feeling blue. And the fans of the Lions are always crying because the boys are always out of luck. But everybody knows that the Packers suck. On to the Green Bay Packers. They're playing at Lambeau Field and uh, 10 point favorites. 10 points seems to be a popular spread this week. Uh, I guess it did start at 8, but now 10 point favorites against the uh, visiting Miami Dolphins. And uh, once again, it's Lambeau Field worth 10 points. The Green Bay Packers haven't been playing all that well. Well, they've had, <laughs> they were in a tough scheduling spot. You know, they were played. Uh, play the Rams and then they go over and then they play New England the next week in New England. Now they're back at home. I okay, they so really they really need a big win here because uh, right now Detroit and Chicago are playing their division yep. rivals this week and if Chicago beats Detroit and Green Bay loses here, they're they're now I think 3 games behind. All right, so let's look at the let's talk about the Packers defense, okay, in terms of the number of points that they've given up this year. So in games this year, they've given up 23 points, 29, 31 twice. They gave up 30 to the 49ers, and in their last two games, they're they've given up 29 and 31 respectively. Okay? Those are big numbers. The Dolphins, their defense has given up 38, 27, 28, 32. 42 in five of the last six games. So what you're saying is pick the over. <laughs> uh, absolutely pick the over, which is sitting at 47 right now. Um, spoiler alert, that might reappear in our total prop tees, but um, 
the question is not whether Green Bay is going to win or not. It's whether Miami can keep it close. And in order to do that, they're going to have to pound the ball. Yeah, you know what I'm thinking of this 10-point spread. Um, I don't like it. And not that I love them. The, the only team that played almost as bad as the Jets last week was Miami, and they beat them by six points. I don't even know how because uh, they played statistically a horrible game. I like to think that Adam Gase is going to get these back these guys back on track. I don't think they're going to come out of Wisconsin with a W, but I do think they're going to keep it closer than 10 points. But everybody knows that the Packers suck. The Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles are uh, playing host to another big divisional game this week. It's uh, the Dallas Cowboys coming to town. Philadelphia's seven-point favorites. You know, you got to wonder, buddy, when's Jerry Jones going to get his shit together down in Big D? He's too busy with his glory hole love to notice that his beloved Cowboys are dropping turds in primetime. I want me some glory hole. Oh, it's brutal, man. Uh, For those of our listeners that missed last week's episode, uh, we talked about Jason Garrett being like a dog who's in a who's in a home with an electric fence around the perimeter, and as soon as he gets outside of the Big D area, his IQ drops by about twenty or twenty five points. Well, this one is in Philadelphia, <laughs> so <laughs> they haven't won yet on the road this year. Uh, however, however, uh, the running game is very strong. Their offensive line, although not as good as last year, is still in the probably the top. Uh, 25% of the league. Now they've got Amari Cooper, who's had um, one game under his belt, wearing a star on his helmet. So look for him to be incorporated in the offense a little bit more. Um, Dakota, if he can, you know, if he can throw more than 200 yards passing, he, the guy's a game manager, right? Like let's let's call a spade a spade. And he got he got a ringing endorsement. He got a ringing endorsement this week. Um, he he's going to be their quarterback moving forward. Um, and Philly, okay, yep, Super Bowl champs. There's the Super Bowl hangover, but I, I there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to win that division. The division just it isn't very good. The fact that Washington is at the top of it right now won't last long. I like Philly here, but in a divisional game, I like Dallas to keep it a little closer than seven. Monday Nighter this week, uh, well, it features a pair of struggling, struggling football teams. And, uh, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, they're playing at home, three and a half point favorites over the uh, New York Giants. But the way I kind of see this game, Andy, is, you know, the Niners, they just won't give up. But the Giants have packed it in. And I think this three and a half point spread at home is a gift. What do you think, bud? Well, normally I wouldn't really go out of my way to tune into a game that features a one and eight team playing a two and seven team. But since they're my Niners, I'm absolutely going to watch this. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw them, saw them in prime time last week, but they got a little kid out of Southern Miss. Hey, before and... we go into this, okay? <laughs> all right, we're going to talk about your boy at quarterback uh, in a second because right. I fucking got a semi watching them play too. Yeah, but. Three quarters. I over watched. Here. Yeah. I, I don't watch a lot of NFL film stuff anymore, but I watched the uh, the Dwight Clark uh, football life. 
Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's an, oh, that was an awesome. Very, one. very hard to like. Yeah. Not have a salty discharge coming from your eyes when you were watching that, especially toward the end. And it was really cool too that he's like buddies with Huey Lewis. Got on. I didn't know that he got but up on stage singing with Huey. But mm -hmm. if anybody that is a, a fan of football, uh, you want to know more about uh, Clark than just the catch. Yeah. Uh, it, what a great uh, documentary it was. But please, let's talk about the present day Niners and your boy. Yeah, he's no no one had ever heard of this kid coming in, but he did he did rack up some better stats than Brett Favre did at Southern Miss. Uh, those guys are still pretty tight. Favre was giving them props on the Twitter feed right after the game, and that kid just looked incredible. I mean, there's only two guys that have thrown for uh, three touchdown passes and no interceptions in their first game uh, playing in the NFL since the merger, and those two other guys, Jim Kelly, Fran Tarkenton, good company to be in. Yeah, not too shabby. And it's not like there's going to be a lot of game film for the Giants to watch. And even if they did have proper game film, they don't have the they don't have the fucking manpower to back it up. Pat Shermer wouldn't even understand it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Touche. Like you want Okay, we talk about the Raiders giving up on their coach. This is a team that's given up on their quarterback. Eli's getting no respect and no. he doesn't deserve any. I don't understand why they're still starting him. It's brutal. They're starting him because the last coach to bench him got fired. Yeah. Well, can you imagine what those 49er linebackers are going to do to him on uh, Monday night? I, that's why I said, I think three and a half points is a gift right now. Yeah. I mean, I think it started at three, but it, there's some, a lot of sharp money apparently coming in on the 49ers. So it ticked up above a field goal, but I don't care who you are. The, the, the Giants, uh, they, I can't remember what the stat was, but they haven't, they've scored more than 21 points once in the last season and a half. And I don't see them putting up much here either. Uh, yeah, this has nothing to me, nothing to do with the fact that I'm a 49ers fan, but they're a much superior team with a lot more motivation and grit than, uh, the, than the Giants are showing right now. I'm going with the 49ers. Yeah, like I said, when you watch the game film this year, and I watch a lot of, I even watch a lot of the replays, the one thing I noticed about the lot, the Niners is they were dealt a shitty hand at the beginning of the year. They're, they're big, big name quarterback with the big money contract who was coming to kind of right the ship, goes down right away with an injury. And, you know, they could have just packed it in. But the Niners, their defense has not given up. And you know what? On offense, they keep trying to game plan to whoever they got at quarterback to try to, to do the best that they can. Yeah. Uh, no, they, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan is, yeah, he absolutely. They're not packing it in. The Giants have, though. The Giants, they do not look, and not only do they not look like they're not playing for their coaches, like you said, they've turned on Eli. A guy like uh, Odell Beckham Jr., Think about that. He just signs this massive contract, and his big thing is making plays downfield, and his quarterback can't throw it more than 25 yards. 25? You're being generous. Well, I just thought, you know, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I didn't want to disparage him too much, but All right. he's, he's definitely looking like an old-school Bears quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I say, ironically enough, I am very much looking forward to watching the 49ers hopefully get their third win of the season. Please hang up and try again. And now it's time for Andy's Total Prop Tease. This is a pretty cool little segment, one of my favorites. I like to bet along with it every week. And it's where Andy makes a recommendation on three things, a point total proposition bet and finally a teaser. And we actually invite you to do the same thing on our Facebook page. 
A successful total prop tease is any combo that hits two out of three. So, Mr. Prognosticator, take that hat off. Put the Swami hat on. Give us your Week 10 thoughts. Well, I didn't have to think too long about the total. Uh, we gave the stats on uh, defensive points allowed in the Green Bay-Miami game. And surprisingly enough, that total sitting at 47. Um, I know it's getting into November in Green Bay, but I see a lot more points going up here. And that's not as a result of two great offenses. You've got one great offense, but two horrible defenses. So take the total uh, to go over 47 on the Green Bay-Miami game. Proposition, you guys get an extra bonus this week because I'm going to give you two. First one is, will there be a defensive score in the Buffalo Jets game? And the yes is sitting at plus 225. Now, as we alluded to earlier in the podcast, uh, the Jets are giving up a lot of points on offense. Let me say that again. They're giving up a lot of points on offense because of Nate Peterson's proclivity to throw pick sixes. Now, Here's a fun one, okay? This is not an official prop bet, but Kansas City Chiefs have played nine games this year, and in all nine games, they've won the coin toss. You're probably only going to get minus 120 out of this, but don't look that don't look for that to go to a 10th game. So bet uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs to lose the coin toss and have a little fun with that prop. Lastly, our teaser, uh, we've got teasing Philly. Uh, against Dallas down to minus one and teasing the New York Jets against the hapless Buffalo Bills down to a point five. Both of those going through key numbers and that should be a pretty good teaser card for you. Thank you to all our fans for listening to episode 10 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud so you don't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all Week 10 games across the NFL. Please submit your questions to almostwiseguys at gmail.com or to our Facebook fan page. From the Cosa Nostra studios, for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out, pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Sayonara.